everyone, and welcome to the 184th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey, guys. Churro, I want to know, yeah. what it's are it. you thankful for this year? Because Thanksgiving's coming up, so what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for the community. I mean, me too. They give me, they give me some like interesting memories and very good memories and you know this year this year's been a blast i mean Absolutely. kingdom Hearts 3 was released you know and i got to go to like a launch party right after it was released and then you know i got to go to a concert you know it's just been you know very good you know vibes with the community so i'm very thankful for them yeah i'm also thankful for the community and i'm thankful for you churro i'm thankful for all you Aww, do i'm thankful for you too I'm thankful for all you do for the community, and I'm thankful, obviously, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out this year. How, how can we not be thankful for We We were waiting for it for so long. So definitely thankful for that. And, yeah, like, I would say overall, this has been a great year so far for Kingdom Hearts. I mean, and it's, I mean, if you think about it, it's not even over. Because yeah. you know, we, we still got Remind stuff that could be popping off this, uh, you know, just, you know, later this year, so... You know, we don't know what the rest of the year will bring, but you know, there is uh there is still possibility. You know, we got Game Awards coming up, got Jump Festa, a lot of opportunities still for more Kingdom Hearts three news. But hey, there's a concert in Osaka happening next next week. Well, you know, so interesting that you bring that up because I'm going. So I'm no, going to yeah. be there in Osaka. So I can't wait. I'm really excited. I can't wait to see who's there. Uh, I'm really hoping uh, we get some uh, lovely faces like Nomura and Yasue-san and maybe... Oh, I would love to see uh, uh, Rie Nishi again. She's the best. She's the producer. I, I saw her last at uh, E3 2018. And she's super nice. And if possible, Yoko Shimomura, I would love to, if possible, meet her again because the last time I met her, I was like literally 15 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to see my goal. I know she doesn't. Look, the, the question isn't, does she remember me? I know she doesn't. The, the challenge I have is I want to see if I can get her to remember me. I know it's going to be difficult. <laughs> But that's that's the challenge, and I'm I'm willing I'm willing to take it. Now, well, my I will, question is: yeah. do, you, do you do you really want her to remember, though? Oh, that's a great question. Do I really want her to remember? I'll just say that time was probably that was the worst interview I've ever done. But not that it was not that it was bad to have. It just like at the end of it, it was such a bad interview that i did because i didn't know what i was doing you were young back then i was young i I was in your shoes i'd probably be the same thing i was not prepared and let me just say all of the problems with the interview not 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 yoko shimomura not her it was all me a hundred percent 120 percent me that i wasn't ready i was nervous i didn't i didn't think to have an intro like i didn't think i just like launched into the questions and I launched into like some pretty heavy questions like from the from the get go. I didn't like build it up at all. I didn't think about asking any questions related to the concert either. Like I only asked questions about the future of the series and like 
weird things about the past of the series, like really off the wall random stuff. Uh, I, I I tried, let me just say, I tried recently to watch that interview because I still have the video, which I, I have still never released anywhere. Uh, oh, I've never, boy. I've never released the video anywhere. I tried watching it. I couldn't make it through the first minute. I couldn't do it. I, it was too cringy. And I don't know if I have enough self-confidence even now to, even, to release it yet. I think I Dude, probably I, will I, at I... some point, but... I feel that way with my very first recording on this show. All right, man. Cage, it's like I think it was Cage U twenty. Yeah, twenty. That sounds right. Yeah, I. That was my first time ever being on a podcast after being wanting to start my own podcast, and I'm yeah, just like, yeah. I I can't. Oh god, so cringy. Right. It's like this stuff. It's a lot harder than you might think, and. If 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 we have any skill now, it's only because we've been doing it for so long and we've gotten this much experience. You know, yeah. if we have any skill in it at this point, it's because of experience. But since that was my first interview, it's just so awful. And on top of that, I was fifteen. So, God, you should, you should, God, you should see my. Well, you can't see it because it wasn't recorded, but. You should have been there for my first interview with Nomura. Oh, at yeah. The, uh, 2014 Kingdom Hearts 2.5 launch event. Oh, and, God. And, you know, this is something that, like, happened, like, like not, like, right at the last moment, but it, it I think I was emailed, but, like, this, the week of yeah. the event by Square Enix at the last, oh, you know, they were like, last second, like, uh, as always. They were like, oh, uh, you know, we have enough room for another group to interview him. Would you like to interview him? I was like, sure. And I'm like, I've never really interviewed anyone before. Yeah. You know, right. so what am I going to ask? And yeah, um, what are you going to ask in that situation? Yeah. So, so I kind of like winged it because I had a Cecily from Kingdom Hearts Insider with me too. Yeah. So I was just kind of like going off of what. You know, she was asking. Yeah. So my questions were kind of if you if you go back and read the transcript of it, it's yeah, like my questions were like really out there. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like that just shows the experience of me interviewing. Then like our then the next year, yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, we, we were there. We're both meet when you were there, Brendan, to interview yeah. Nomura again. But it wasn't really like an official interview, but more like a like a kind of like a little meet and greet. Yeah. And same thing. I'm like, I'm not comfortable with asking people questions yeah so but you know what and something that i think is something that we can all appreciate is that honestly i kind of got the feeling that namora honestly he was in the same situation too he's not like he's not the one he's not one to do like all these like uh like big interviews with the public so much like he doesn't do that that often but you know he was stepping outside of his comfort zone to do something nice for us and you know i think you know if i remember correctly if i remember from what uh dan seto said to us the reason we got that interview was how hype we were and how we were like the we were the quote-unquote mood makers of the uh the live stream that he was doing and, and we made sure that he felt really welcome. And, you know, I, I know you've said in the past, Chiro, that, uh, you know, his last appearance at E3, it was at E3 2013, if I remember correctly. And he did 
you know, a Square Enix presents. But at that time, he had the the curtain up so that you know the when, when it came had, to Kingdom Hearts, yeah, yeah, he had a curtain. But for Final Fantasy fifteen, he didn't have a curtain. Yeah, so was, which is really weird. Yeah, so like for me, I, I, it kind of feels like it's not really the kind of thing like he's so like at least my 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 interpretation was that he wasn't so comfortable doing all these like really public appearances. But, you know, because, you know, you know, he he stepped out and, and, you know, took a, you know, quote unquote leap of faith and like put himself out there. And then we return in kind with welcoming him so strongly. I think that's why, you know, we were able to get that opportunity, that specific opportunity of getting to interview him. So that was such a really great experience. I know it doesn't count for a 2019 thing to be thankful for, but I'm I'm still very thankful for that experience. That was so great. So. Uh, yeah. Uh but yeah, that's that's uh that's where we're at this year and I'll just say uh, I I want to be very uh uh transparent right this second. Uh obviously, you know, for me personally, my 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 goal in life is I want to be a game developer. I want to work in the game industry in Japan. That that is a big reason for why I'm going to this specific concert and as a result of that, I'm currently working on my portfolio and not just currently working on my portfolio i'm i i want to restate that very clearly i am currently this very second working on my portfolio as i'm recording this podcast because i have that little time because the now let me just say i've been working on it rock solid for the past four months so it's not like i'm rushing at the very end it's just that i'm doing a lot for my portfolio so that's why i don't have the time so if at any point i i sound like I'm not on it, or if you hear any tappy tappy sounds or any clicking sounds, uh, that's me on my on my tablet while I'm working on a certain uh, 3D character. Which ideally, actually, Churro, I'm trying to get this done. This at least this particular character. Ideally, I would like him done on the 26th, which is when this podcast comes out. So. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast around the time it's released, go to uh, twitter.com uh, slash uh, underscore Brandon underscore. It might already be out, maybe. I might have already finished it, maybe. And if not, uh, please pray for me because I'm going crazy making it at the time that you're listening to this. So, uh, yeah, any support, greatly appreciated. I'm working really hard. So, Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, uh, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom, uh, Kingdom Hearts Union on Twitter, which is Cage Union. And we have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. Churro, we got news? This, this week we have actual real news. Not Wait, For real this time? For real this time. Like, I didn't have to, like, dig through some weird Square Enix websites to pick out something we didn't publicly know already. Well... It, it, everything's all public knowledge, but I didn't have to pick through any weird websites to find any information. It was just out there. So we're good. Yeah, about time too. About time, right? So yes, we have actual real news. And then, yeah, of course we have our question segment. As always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKH Union. And 
Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Nahika Blawi, Chris Morales, Zach Durantos at ZDuranto58, Michael Graham, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, Tori Patrick, Fayez Bilal, Alex Ray Snyder, who's at Alex Ray Snyder, Louis James, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orba Yun Ray, Muhammad Quayam, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. We got Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namjin, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith, Bailey Jackson at underscore Bailey Jackson, Miles Ribbons, Ishbel Aya at Red Peppers, Rob Porter at Square T Bird T1, David Calro, Tobias Cappy at The Tobias Cappy, Vitas Dinas, and Yonic Knot at Yonic Nod. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And, of course, if you guys want to see more of uh, Kingdom Hearts Union, please go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash khunionvids. All right, moving on to the news. We have four pieces of news. Our first piece of news is Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 are... Coming to the Xbox One. What? About time. Yeah, just after we were talking, literally talking about it on the last episode, why it hasn't come so far, Square Enix comes and announces, oh yeah, it's coming to Xbox One. And it's weird too, because they waited for this Microsoft event to announce it. Which, by the way, was the same event where they really revealed the Winnie the Pooh trailer. Yep, that's right. So, So, yeah. I guess they were waiting for that again. Yeah, I guess so. Well, there there you have it. So, Xbox fans, uh, if you've only played Kingdom Hearts 1 or, or if you've only played Kingdom Hearts 3 so far or if for whatever reason you'd like to um, uh, go back or, or or at least unify your collection and have all of you, all of the Kingdom Hearts games on one platform, here's your chance. It's uh, So, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 will be coming next year, 2020. Uh, to Xbox One, so keep. I'm an actually kind of surprised that it's like separate games. So it's not like the story so far. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah, it's it, it is interesting that they're releasing it this way. But I guess I don't know. Maybe it's a chance for them to make more money. <laughs> That's my only guess. But uh, yeah, it's a great chance to uh, get into the series, or at least get your Xbox friends into the series if you don't. If you have some friends that only have Xbox and uh, they, if they've been waiting for Kingdom Hearts, this is the, their chance. It's all it's all on Xbox now, which, you know, hey, console wars aside, isn't it great that Kingdom Hearts is on more platform and can reach more people? I think that's a great thing. Yeah, so The only thing you just got to say, like I said a little bit earlier, it's about time. Yeah, about time, exactly. Like I, I think you know, a lot of people have been waiting a long time for this sort of stuff, so, so it's, uh, uh, great Square to finally Enix. happen. Squinix, now that you got that over with, put it on the switch now. Exactly. That's all you need. It's, it's time for the switch. The switch needs to get its uh dose of Kingdom Hearts. It's been waiting for a long time. If 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 not the switch, maybe the Switch Pro, that's supposedly coming out next year. Yes. Oh my goodness, I really want that. Whatever that is, I want that. I want it to. I, I and I will say I also want the Switch Lite, but I'm not going to get that. But I really, want, I'm going to be going I back upgrade, to. I upgraded, I upgraded my Switch to the new one, and it's already 
kick, kicking a lot of butt. <laughs> yep. Oh man. I just like, I'm going to be going on a trip back to America this winter and like just thinking about like, Oh man, I really want to play my switch on the plane, but man, the current regular switch, it's like, it's not big, but it's bigger than I want it to be <laughs> yeah. for traveling international. So, but I, I think I will still bring it like, I'm just thinking about all the games that are on there that I haven't had a chance to play. I'm thinking about things like Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm thinking about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Not 100% on Sword and Shield yet, but like, all right, well, maybe I guess I'll play it if if I really have to, or more like since I have the time, you know, literally like I think I'll be on the plane for like 17 hours, and then the whole trip will be like 24 hours of traveling. So... (laughs) I have nothing if time, you know, I have nothing but time really. So I think I will take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, Churro. I think it's time for kingdom hearts to join the, the switch. It's, it's, it's time. So, uh, speaking on kingdom hearts stuff being available, uh, actually in a weird announcement, kingdom hearts three finally has a demo. Yes, a demo. Well, it had the demo, and it's the same demo, but now it's available to the public. Sure, remember all those people like begging to have to have the 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 E three demo? Like, oh, please yeah. let us download it. Well, they got their I wish. Remember that. They got their wish. Finally, better late than never, I guess. Well, it, it's just you know for the people who are trying to get in the series or want to get back in the series. And- yeah. These are, it's just for them. Plus, exactly. the nice thing is, is that if you play, it's just like you said, same demo, Olympus and Toy Box. That the nice thing is, is that if you, you could actually upload your Olympus progress to the main game. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. That's what, that's, I, that's cool. what I read. But I, you know, that's, that's what I read. But it's yeah. nice that they have that. Okay. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I love that. Um, but yeah, I just think like, now is, now it's the same locations from the demo. It's the same, yeah, same parts of the demo, but is it the same build or is it the most recent build of Kingdom Hearts Three that it's running? Probably the most recent build. That's what I was assuming. Like I, I, I wasn't expecting they would literally release the old demo. I was Cause, expecting, cause, yeah. Why would they release the old one when they already done yeah, updates to it? They've updated it so much. So yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of what I'm expecting. Is that it's just it's the same locations, but the most recent version of Kingdom Hearts Three that it's based on. That's my guess. I haven't played the demo. Why would I? I have the game, so it's it's just nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So if you have, yeah, if you ever need another re or another way of trying to get people into Kingdom Hearts, I think this is actually a really great way to do it because it's for one, it's free, and for two, there's really no spoilers involved at all in the demo. So you'll be able to share it with people, and they'll be able to experience like two really great points of the game that really won't spoil them to anything. Uh, the only downside is that after they play that, you'll have to say, well, yeah, Kingdom Hearts three is great, but if you really want to understand the story, you need to start at 1.5. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, at least, at least for getting people exposed to the game. Like, I think it's a really great opportunity and I'm glad that we finally have this churro. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is the first, public publicly available kingdom hearts demo 
Uh, you're forgetting uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D had a demo. Oh, you're right. There is the Kingdom Hearts 3D demo. Okay, so this is the second one. That's right. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3D was had a demo. That, the Kingdom Hearts 3D demo it was, was limited. a limited one. Yeah, you could like, only play it like 30 times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that... Which it, I, it just happened all of a sudden, too, because uh, it yeah. was on a Nintendo Direct. Like, Reggie would come out and say... You know, they they showed a, a what was it, a new trailer? I think it was. Yep. And then they um, said that you can download the demo like right now. Yeah. Which yeah, that was crazy at the time because yeah, Kingdom Hearts and demos. It's it's a very rare thing. It's so rare that it barely happens. That's why I forgot. But yeah, you're right. Totally right. Kingdom Hearts 3D did have a demo, and uh, I think I'm. Oh no, I have a new 3DS now, or not not new 3DS. I have a different 3DS. I have a 3DX. XL, which I don't think I have the Dream Drop Distance demo on it anymore. But yeah, I did. I did have that demo, and I would always like try to play it as long as I could and not um, use up all my uh, all my all my I, play. I, I remember chances. reading there's like a there's like a trick to trick reset the it. counter to not to reset it, but like not make it count against your your number of tries. Oh, interesting. I'm just trying to remember how it went because I remember reading about it. <laughs> it just seems silly, but to have a a demo restriction like that, but I don't know. I guess since Square doesn't release Kingdom Hearts demos all that often, it's like uh, it's kind of expected that they would do something like this. But uh, yeah, I, I you know sometimes I just like, and this is just me. I don't know about you, Churro, but even for games that I own, sometimes it's nice. To, you know, kind of like for nostalgic reasons to go back and see what the demo was like. I don't oh, think yeah. I, I don't think I would have that experience with the, um, with the kingdom hearts three demo though, since it's coming out after the game. And on top of that, it's like, I'm assuming it's based on the original, the, the actual current build of kingdom hearts. So it's really not that different from kingdom hearts three. How do you think I felt like when I played the E3 demo and I've realized how short it was compared to the premiere event demo? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't expect it. Oh, that's an interesting question. So do we know when the this demo ends? Is it the E3 demo or is it the premiere event demo? It's the it's the E3 demo. Oh, E3. So it, so it cause, ends cause a the, lot earlier. Because the, the Olympus demo for um both the premiere and the e3 demos and all the other demos after that were the are the same cut basically yeah. it, it starts off when you have to climb up the hill yeah then you fight the rock titan yeah that's yep. where it is the only difference was toy box yeah because after in toy box after you defeat the the, the, the uh, heartless uh, yeah the gigas the, that's when it ends and the uh, premiere event it continues until you reach the doll fight and then after you defeat the doll boss then it ends. Yeah. Which totally understandable. Like for the premiere event, you have a lot more time. You had a lot more time to play, but for things like E3 and PAX and all the things that that demo appeared at, there just would not have been enough time for people to be playing that demo for that long. So it makes sense why they cut it back more. But, uh, yeah, it, I, so, so you're saying it's it, the, the, e, uh, the current, demo that they released is the uh same as the e3 one so it ends at the gigas yeah okay gotcha that's interesting i'm surprised they didn't uh let it go longer since uh you know it's a at-home downloadable out. demo yeah and the game's already out but oh i guess whatever it doesn't really matter 
So yeah, I guess that pretty much covers that news. So yeah, if you want to give it a try, or if you have a friend that hasn't played Kingdom Hearts 3 for whatever reason, uh, this is a great opportunity to get a a free download to try out a Kingdom Hearts game. doesn't happen often. So yeah, next bit of news. In a recent update, a new listing has been added to the start menu of Kingdom Hearts 3. The listing is titled as being the special menu. And when you select the special menu and open it up, uh, they've decided to basically consolidate a lot of things, you know, things like the memory archive and the theater mode. And I think there's one other thing, but it's, there's nothing new in the menu. It's just that they're cleaning it up, but I find it interesting, you know, being quote unquote, so close to, you know, the release of remind that they're starting to update things like this. I wonder if they might be adding more to that, uh, particular Probably menu. after remind is yeah. released. You know what I'm thinking, and this is just just a theory, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's where you go to access things like the limit cut episode and the special episode or the secret episode. Like you would go into the special menu and then you'd access the limit cut episode or access the secret. It's kind of like um, Birth by Sleep. Birth by Sleep. Yeah, Birth by Sleep had a similar setup in their menu, so that's kind of what I'm expecting, and maybe like. Because the way it was before is all that stuff was just on the main start menu. So I'm expecting that, you know, with all these things like the limit cut episode, like you keep adding all these things, it's just going to get too cluttered. So adding this special menu uh, definitely will consolidate a lot more, make it a lot less cluttered on the main start menu. Because, yeah, I, I could definitely see how, you know, the stuff that we get from Remind is probably just way too much. Like, it's just too much information that they they can't just have it all on the main start menu. So to clean it up, I'm assuming that's why they did this. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting. Um, and moving on from there, our last bit of news: uh, Kingdom Hearts Three has been nominated for Best Music and Best RPG at the Game Awards. So that's that's really awesome. It's a great honor to to get that kind of uh, recognition, and I would definitely agree that. You know, Kingdom Hearts 3 deserves those accolades of best music and best RPG, but I'm not sure. Churro, how do you feel about Kingdom Hearts 3's chances at the Game Awards? Uh, Against the other nominations, I really don't see them have a chance of winning. Yeah, I think... I mean, especially for the fact that they've been nominated for best music without even having released a soundtrack yet. Yeah, true. So that's, like like bands have rough. to listen to like YouTube versions or the unofficial rip of the soundtrack. Yeah, but it, I mean it, it's it's a good soundtrack still because I have yeah. the unofficial rip, but it's just so weird that you know the the music was nominated for that category. I thought it would have been like like art direction would have been probably like another one they you know should have been yeah nominated with. That's that's what how what I feel you know. Because it looks so great, beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful, exactly. But so, but um, I mean, in, our, in the best RPG, you know, you have like the Outer Worlds, Shadowbringers, Monster Hunter. Yeah, you know, I th- I think I think um, Shadowbringers might win that category. And for um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it is for music, but I don't think yeah, I don't I, think it has a chance to win that either. I think for me, like. Like, in my mind, yeah, I have no problem saying that Kingdom Hearts is the best of all those things. But 
just knowing that, you know, in the general mainstream audience, how they tend to review Kingdom Hearts, especially in like the game critic sphere, so to speak, you know, Kingdom Hearts is the anti critic game, so to speak. It is the unreviewable game, so to speak. Not not saying that it's not reviewable and it isn't deserving of criticism. It is the unreviewable game in that it's so anti the way critics operate. Because the way critics operate is they have to play so many games. They have to play all these different games. They they can't give, they can't devote the time it takes to get into Kingdom Hearts to give it the fair shake it needs. Yeah, and it's kind of that, like the whole um, the review controversy with all these big-name reviewers reviewing Kingdom Hearts 3 without having played the other Kingdom Hearts games, you know? Exactly. You know, it's... But that's, I mean, part of it, though, that's just how reviewers operate. And I don't think that's a bad thing for them. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for Kingdom Hearts. It's just uh, it's just a fact of the situation. You know, it's just the fact of what what we're dealing with with Kingdom Hearts. It's hard to, you know, it's hard for a general mainstream audience just in general for them to get into Kingdom Hearts because it's it, it requires so much effort up front. And I think that in and of itself, that is something that Square Enix needs to address. I think that is uh, an area of opportunity for the Kingdom Hearts series. Um I think it is also a good thing and it's something that makes Kingdom Hearts unique that if you do keep up with it and if you do follow along, you're greatly rewarded with this ongoing story that's rich and has all these characters and, you know, and, you know, there's all these wonderful things about it if you do give it the time of day. But for the people that don't have that time or or haven't done it for whatever reason, like maybe they just for whatever reason didn't know about Kingdom Hearts and now they're just finding out about it. Like it's it is difficult to get into the series. That's just a fact of the situation, even though for the people that for the people that do love it, like us. For us, it's a great thing. For us, it's, you know, it's such a great series and we really love it and enjoy it. And the fact that it's so interconnected is a positive thing for us. But for people new to the franchise and also for people like game critics, it makes it very difficult. And unfortunately, because of that, they can't they can't give Kingdom Hearts special treatment over any other game because they don't have that time. So unfortunately they have to judge it according to what they've experienced of kingdom hearts. And unfortunately with the time that they have available, they just can't experience it to the best of what it has to offer. So that's why whenever it comes to these things like game of the year, or even just reviews, I, I kind of take game critics assessment of kingdom hearts with a grain of salt i do listen to it and i do try to hear it and hear what they're saying so i can get a better understanding of where they're coming from but i also do take it at least at least for my own personal assessment of kingdom hearts i feel like the only person i can really trust is myself and maybe other kingdom hearts fans because they're the only people that have the same frame of reference as i do that's also difficult because yeah. you know that's that's bias. Still. Exactly, it you is know? bias. Absolutely, it is bias. But at the end of the day, it's like people in the Kingdom Hearts community—we're the only ones that have gone through 
the experience the way we have and have experienced it the way we we have and you know it's not ideal it really isn't i think you know it would be nice if kingdom hearts was a a bit more accessible and could be more digestible but and that's kind of you know if you if you go to our youtube channel and watch our current most popular video that we've made uh why kingdom hearts 1 deserves a remake that was that is one of our core tenets of that video is the fact that kingdom hearts is kind of an an impenetrable series for people that aren't already interested in it and that's part of the reason why i suggested the possibility of doing a kingdom hearts remake um that's that's one of the, uh, the opportunities that I see in this series in this franchise is to open itself up more to fans. And you can see them in, in small ways, Square Enix. And we already talked about it in some of these news items, you know, for example, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 and 2.8 coming to the Xbox one, you know, opening it up to new platforms, releasing a Kingdom Hearts three demo, like they're trying, but I think there needs to be a bigger, more concerted effort and more, uh, I think more money needs to be thrown behind it because let's be honest, a port as compared to making a remake or a port as compared to making a new game that serves as a new entry point to the series, like the level of budget, you know, monetary uh, commitment, the level of monetary commitment that is required for both of those things is very different. The, the amount of money required to port a game you've already made to Xbox One compared to making a new game or making a remake the level of money that is required for both of those things is very different and you know we're talking different leagues here so i think you know looking at game series like yakuza where they have done both they've done remakes and they've also done new games that serve as a new entry point to the series you know that's what yakuza 0 is is it actually replaces yakuza 1 as being the new best way to start the series uh I think one of one or the other is something that the Kingdom Hearts series needs. You know, at some point we need something new to get people into the series and yeah, so getting back to the game awards, that's why it's like as nice as it is that, you know, we we did at least get as far as getting the, you know, the nomination for these games. Unfortunately, I just don't see Kingdom Hearts doing that well in well, this sort you- of thing. Before we move on, yeah. I have the list of the nominations for both yeah, let's categories. For best score music, you have Cadence of Hyrule, which is Legend of Zelda. Yep. Death Stranding. Yep. Devil May Cry 5. Yep. Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. And Sayonara Wild Hearts. Yep. Which and one do you think would yeah. be... Which one do you think would win that award? I could honestly see arguments for any one of those being over Kingdom Hearts, honestly. And I think... With the exception of, I don't know, I think Devil May Cry probably has a similar, uh, a similar level of chance. Uh, it's definitely one of those like, uh, you know, out of left field things. And the only thing with Devil May Cry though that makes Devil May Cry a little bit different is that you can just jump into Devil May Cry Five and have a good time. You don't need to, yeah. Like Devil May Cry Five, like yeah, it does have an ongoing story, but it's not as critical to the experience as Kingdom Hearts is. And yeah, but then 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 you may be like, well, Brandon, what does what does that have to do with the music? What does that have to do with the music of the series? Well, you have to realize that like these games 
like the music it's not just you, you you're not just taking the music for face value you're also taking it for the context that it is in the game itself especially with rpgs that makes a big difference like there are some music soundtracks where if you listen to it out of context of the game like maybe the music isn't that good but in context of the scenes they appear in they're actually really great songs in the context of the game so i think kingdom hearts has that to some extent as well like yeah there's some songs that you'll hear in concerts but there's other songs that like you'll only hear it in the game or if if it appears on the soundtrack you'll listen to it on the soundtrack but it may not be the greatest song outside of the context of the game and i think devil may cry on the other hand it's got things like devil trigger and and those kinds of songs that are really popular and have made a big name for themselves i think I think literally the reason Devil May Cry got its nomination is because of Devil Trigger. Let's be real. It's because of how yeah. how big a deal that song was. Like, just go on iTunes. That thing has like 10 million views. So that's that that's a pretty big deal for you know a game like that. So honestly, I think it's a toss up between Death Stranding and Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, I would say Cadence of Hyrule. It's kind of like one of those, like, yeah, it's a bunch of Zelda remakes. Okay, great. Like, obviously, Zelda music is great. Death, Death Stranding, I haven't heard any music. I haven't played Death Stranding. I really want to play Death Stranding. I just I, haven't ne- had time. Neither have I. But at least from what I have heard of Death Stranding, like, it's been good. Like, obviously, I love, like, Kojima has a really great taste in music selection. But. I haven't heard much of the music that's in there uh, other than what I've heard in trailers. So, and I haven't seen all the trailers. I've only seen like, I basically haven't watched any death stranding trailer this year. So I've only heard the older trailers and I, I loved all the music that was in those trailers. And I generally love music. Kojima selects and the music that ends up in Kojima games, but I don't know. So we'll have to see how it goes. I don't know how I feel about death stranding being, a. Uh, <laughs> nominated so dang much in this uh, particular game awards yeah same here feels a little unethical in my opinion but uh hey i'm uh, i'm i'm not the arbiter of ethics so so what am i um, to say okay and these are nominations for best rpg you got disco elysium final fantasy 14 shadowbringers yeah kingdom hearts 3 monster hunter world iceborne and the outer worlds I think Outer Worlds, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, and Disco all have better chances than Kingdom Hearts three because I, I feel like I didn't, was Disco. Have you played Disco? So, I have Elysium? not. I've only heard people talk about it, but it's it sounds like the kind of game where critics love it. Like it's because you got to remember these are game critics that are reviewing this, so. Uh, you know, there are certain like movies that are like, oh, this is Oscar bait, so to speak. <laughs> like, yeah, like normal human beings maybe n- don't care about it so much, but uh, people that review things for the Oscars would love it. That's kind of the vibes I get about Disco. I've never played it. I've never seen even a screenshot of it. I don't know anything about it. I just know I've heard people talk about it in very high praise. So I'm assuming it deserves its spot there. And I think the kind of game it is, I definitely feel like 
they will definitely favor an indie indie darling more than you know a big budget triple a game like kingdom hearts 3 in this sort of thing i would also say in the in terms of who the crowd is there or, or in terms of the audience i'm or the judges i'm assuming the judges are a lot more uh older <laughs> And I kind of feel like uh, Final Fantasy XIV is probably better catered towards old an older audience than Kingdom Hearts Three is. And so, plus, um, the Shadowbringers was really, really praised. Yeah, yeah, know, it a has lot of been. aspects too. So you know, it, it, I, I've been I've been seeing like credits saying that this is probably like the best Final Fantasy game yeah. since like six or nine which is saying a lot that's saying a lot especially for, for sure. especially for an expansion yeah too. it's just an expansion but yeah it it sounds like it deserves it and i definitely feel like at least for me i felt those kinds of things for kingdom hearts 3 like this is some of the most fun i've had with a kingdom hearts game in a long time yeah. but you know getting back to I, it you know and how kingdom hearts is with critics like if you don't have that context if Kingdom Heart, if when you see a Kingdom Hearts cutscene, your eyes glaze over and you don't know what the hell's going on, like that can really be a downer for people that aren't into the series already. It's great for us, not great for them. You know, you gotta yeah, consider I the mean, audience of these. Uh, you it's kind of like what uh, Persona Five went through. Yeah, uh, two years ago, I think exactly when they had to go up against like Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey. You know, like game, Persona games. Game reviewers do not have the time to play a Persona game properly. Yeah, you know, and then with Royal coming out, you know, that's going to be another 200 hours of my life. Exactly, like... Gone. That's the thing, is like, there are certain games that just don't cater well to the the review sphere. It, it's kind of like, uh, you, you know, uh, the Marvel movies have been getting a, a bit of heat. You know, Martin Scorsese you know, crapping on Marvel movies and, you know, you really, apart from special effects, you never see Marvel movies really win any big awards. I think Black Panther won a few things, you know, for how culturally relevant it is. But I mean, apart from that, like take a, take a movie like Captain America or, you know, Iron Man. I think like I've seen, I've now, I have now since seen all the Marvel movies I've seen Endgame, Well, except for, uh, far from home. I'm going to, wait till that comes out on blu-ray here in japan which should be next month so i'll I'll watch it next month but for the typical marvel movie like marvel movies don't get the time of day in the critic sphere because you know they they're seen as you know being lesser forms of art for whatever reason and i feel like in some ways kingdom hearts maybe not for the same reasons but kingdom hearts gets some of that kind of disrespect so to speak in the uh in the critic sphere so i think you know it, it's one of those things where it's just not the kind of game that does well at these sorts of things and it's i don't think it's necessarily something that's disparaging you know to how we see it you know being kingdom hearts fans already and understanding where this is coming from and but you know for your typical reviewer that isn't keeping up with everything kingdom hearts you know they're not going to have the frame of reference that is required to really understand what's going on and i don't hold it against them honestly i think it's something that kingdom hearts needs to work on is how it's seen in the public eye and how it's um i, I mean it's it's changed a lot in it the has public eye. I it mean, really if you has. looked at all the 
promotion, the marketing that Kingdom Hearts 3 had. Yeah. This time with the with the help of Disney, you know, with all these ads all over, you know. Yeah. You know, all over, you know, the the U.S. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the Disney pop-up location in, in Florida. Yep. You know, those – the kindness is key. You know, PSA – billboards yep you know it, it was you know it was, it was i mean they big. did a good job on the marketing side i think it's still so yeah marketing wise like in terms of stuff external to the actual game like yeah they've they've definitely stepped up their game on that i guess it's more like in terms of the game itself in terms of the artwork the product kingdom hearts 3 i also feel like to some extent now more than ever it's even harder to sort of parse what's going on in the series like you definitely hear from a lot of people that um were like especially like youtubers i saw a lot of youtubers that were like oh i'm gonna give kingdom hearts uh, 3 a try this is my first kingdom hearts 3 ever what is going on oh my god what like there's this one reviewer that i really like on youtube i think her i think her youtube channel is like girlfriend reviews she reviews games that her boyfriend plays and she's just sort of watching it and they were just like oh my god you guys weren't lying what the hell is going on we are not ready for this i do not get it i don't like this and i you know to some extent i don't blame them you know that's that is their that is their honest opinion i don't feel like they're putting it on to like crap on kingdom hearts i feel like that's their honest reaction and to it's it. just like the whole thing with the angry joe show you know the angry joe was reviewing kingdom hearts 3 he publicly tweeted out that he never played the kingdom hearts game yeah you know and he got a review copy yeah to play you know and and, and unfortunately the the uh, fandom attacked him for it and it's all like well which you know, Kingdom Hearts didn't, uh, Square Enix didn't really put, you know, a lot of, you know, thought into what what would you do for the people who never played a Kingdom Hearts game to jump right into three. I mean, yeah, they, there are memory archives, yeah, but that's not gonna really solve, you know, a lot of the story for you know yeah. non Kingdom Hearts fans. It's yeah. a start, but not the solution. Yeah, I think like at the end of the day, it you know. Square Enix is trying to do the best that they can while still allowing Tetsuya Nomura to make the game he wants to make. And unfortunately, I think like to suit or to cater to the casual fans more, it would require Tetsuya Nomura to maybe compromise on his vision a little bit, which I think is unfortunate. And as a Kingdom Hearts fan, I would want that personally. I would want it to be, you know, what his vision is is intended to be you know what he wants it to be but i think that's something that you know it's just a a reality of the situation you know this is the this is the series that we have and uh all these other things that we're seeing external them releasing the kingdom hearts 3 demo them releasing you know the kingdom hearts series on xbox one them making the memory archives them doing this that the other these are all these external things that the marketing department can champion and focus on to try to expand the series but at the end of the day the core of kingdom hearts it's still namora's vision and for a lot of people they don't have the time to really get into what it is and and this is where you know this is another area in which that's where kingdom hearts is going to fall short if that's the case it's going to fall short in the in the critics sphere because they can't keep up with it 
it's going to fall short when it comes to your general audience of reviewers. It's just, it's going to fall short at these award shows because this is not the kind of game that is easy for the people that judge these things. It's not easy for them to get into. They're not going to understand it. So unless the game series changes, which I don't think it necessarily has to, but if, if, if that's ever a goal, if they, if ever they had a goal to win a game award, they would have to make the most accessible kingdom hearts that there, there ever was. And, uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen. I don't know if that's necessarily desirable or maybe it is desirable. That's, that's kind of up to you guys. You know, maybe that's something you can let us know on Twitter, how you feel about that. Like how, how much should the kingdom hearts team or kingdom hearts series be catering to casual people uh is it time to start thinking about that because maybe for kingdom hearts 3 it wasn't because you know it was the end of our the end of the series and like of course you it's it's not going to be the most accessible it's the last one in the uh in the xehanort saga of course that's the one that's the hardest to get into but maybe maybe for the next game maybe maybe now it's time but at the end of the day you still have to blame Hironobu, Hironobu Sakaguchi. Yep. Because <laughs> right. he was the one that told Nomura if you, yep. if you make, want this to be make, good, it should be more complicated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, at the end of the day, I guess we could blame him. But I don't know. For me personally, I'm like, I'm okay with the way Kingdom Hearts 3 is. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I really it's, love it. You know, it was yeah, one of the things yeah, I'm thankful for this year. So there was, you know, yeah, there's a lot of things I didn't like. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you hear the stories of Disney having more of a say this time than in yeah. the past. And especially with... Um, the Disney stuff. The Disney stuff. You know, the writers, you know, they're dealing with a lot of modern Disney movies. So yeah. a lot of those writers and directors are yeah, still, they're all still alive. Around. And, you know, and they still have, you know, a say in what can be done, what can't yeah. be done. So this is like, the, this is like a new territory where... Nomura is on a I don't want to say very tight leash but it's tighter than normally what he's used to yeah but yeah when it comes to like the Kingdom Hearts story itself he's like not <laughs> he's telling the yeah. story he wants to tell but and then uh, we have to just have to wait and see what Remind has to do with filling yeah some holes in it yeah I'll just say personally my my personal desire for the series and I, I kind of stated it a little bit before but my main desire for the series is I just want to have another entry point into the series other than Kingdom Hearts 1. As much as I love Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 1 is my favorite game in the series so far. And and, and it might be one of my favorite games of all time. It might even be my favorite game of all time. But I feel like as someone who communicates about Kingdom Hearts, I find it difficult when I'm talking to people that aren't into Kingdom Hearts, I find it difficult to help them get into the series because of how old Kingdom Hearts 1 is. So that's why I made that video about making a Kingdom Hearts 1 remake is that that could serve as an entry point. But I think even more ideal, it would be nice if for whatever reason, let's say Kingdom Hearts 4 or the in-between game or whatever, if that game could sort of be like a clean cut for the series. And I want to be able to tell somebody when Kingdom Hearts 4 comes out, when somebody asks me, can I start here? Can this be the first Kingdom Hearts game I ever play? I want to be able to say to them, yes, absolutely. Start here. You can 
play this just fine. And if after that you decide you like this, you can go back and you can play 1.5, 2.5, 2.8, whatever you want to play. But if you want to start here, absolutely. It'll be a fantastic experience for you. I want to be able to say that. I don't feel that's the case with Kingdom Hearts 3 just because of how the main story is and how, uh, you know, how deep in the lore the Kingdom Hearts 3 story is. I don't think that's a problem. I think that's what Kingdom Hearts 3 was supposed to be. But I think for the next game in the series, since it's going to be the start of a new arc, my main desire would be that I want to be able to say to somebody, yes, you can start here. No worries. Just like I can say with Final Fantasy. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's just my main desire for the series. So, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up our news segment. Let's move on to our questions. Our first one, very topical, by the way, comes from Mark Dolly. And they ask, with Half-Life Alex announced, what do you think of a full Kingdom Hearts VR game? I'm down for that. Yeah. I already enjoyed the heck out of whatever kingdom hearts vr experience has given us you yeah know, it you know after um doing the re- the update back in i think it was a july i think it was yeah with the ability to swing the keyblade around and at heartless stop popping your way while the music's yeah. playing you know it, it does have some potential to it you know yeah i i guess i've already told people you know this that you know the kingdom hearts vr experience is more like like a test run of how kingdom hearts works with vr yeah so I I would be down for a full VR experience. Churro, ha- no, have but... you experienced the most recent update with for KHVR? Yeah, yeah, the one they had. Um, yeah, 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 with with the just world that, that, yeah, the world that never was yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, what I want to know is how did you feel about the first person cutscenes? Because that's that's something I'm really interested in in, in there... hearing about. It's pretty much like viewing it in a game, except you're in the you're in you're looking at it through the eyes of Sora, you know. Like you know, I actually recorded uh, the cutscene that plays before. I, no way, I re- recorded the entire um, um, the world that never was um, cutscene. Mm-hmm. Basically, it starts off with you know talking to Xenmas in front of his you know made Kingdom Hearts version, asking yeah. you know they you know. Sora, uh, Mickey, and Riku to open to feed him more hearts, and it's like it plays exactly like it you would see it normally, and it's okay. just so neat to see from that perspective. Yeah, because now I think we might have brought this up in the past, but I think uh, I can repeat it here since it's topical for the question. But for me, at least the way I see. VR currently and I know Half-Life Alex is trying to change this is for me VR is still kind of a like I hate to say it this way but I don't I'll be honest I'm not I don't mean this negatively just for a lack of a better word I kind of see it as being good for gimmicks and I don't mean gimmick as in the negative sense I kind of feel like gimmick in the sense of like a shorter experience and yeah. at least like the type of thing that I could see it subbing in for is something like uh, back cover, where back cover was just this passive movie experience. I could see kind of like a walking experience, maybe with a little bit of action and fighting in it, where you get into the shoes of a certain character and you can see the world through their eyes and you ex- you experience a story from their perspective. And maybe you can even 
you know, have your own dialogue choices. And that could be interesting for a VR experience. And I currently am thinking the one of the characters that I would like to see this for would be Xehanort. I would like a Xehanort backstory game that was done in first person in his from his eyes. I want to see and experience it because, like, you know, if you go back and remember things like uh, Star Wars episode episode one, two, and three, you saw Anakin Skywalker, you know, turning evil and becoming Darth Vader, and you could see his progress. But what it what would it be like if you experienced that in first person? You know, it's not just you're seeing the things that led Xehanort to go down the path of darkness. You yourself are in his shoes as he does it. And maybe there's a real compelling reason for why he went that route. And maybe we'll get an even stronger understanding of why he became the person he became by experiencing it from, you know, in his own eyes. Another person I would like to see that for the master of masters. And I had this idea in my head, this really crazy idea would be that let's say hypothetically speaking up until that point, we never see the master of masters face, but in the game in VR, you can take off the hood and reveal his face in a mirror. Like that would be, and, and, and let's say hypothetically you reveal the face and it's like flipping demics. It's like, ah, and you're like, you're looking at him and like, as you turn your head, it's like, you're turning your head in the mirror. And it's like, oh man, I like that to me would be the best way to reveal his face. Especially if it's a surprising character that we maybe recognize it, Like if, if it's a face that we recognize, that would be hilarious to me. I would love that experience. Just like that would be pretty interesting. Reveal to it to that. yourself because you are him it's like (laughs) that would be so awesome oh man but at the end of the day i think a full kingdom Hearts vr experience would be would be pretty cool yeah i mean considering that namora is always trying everything for the kingdom Hearts series you know yeah ps2 ps3 ps4 mobile 3ds ds psp now you know vr yep you know he's trying like absolutely everything for, for sure and since this is known as the vr experience it's basically just retelling the important aspects of kingdom hearts in vr yeah but you know it's it's already it's already you know proven itself to be a good vr experience yeah um, so do you, do you feel like thing- it, do you feel like the the experience here like if you think of this as a a format for telling a a Kingdom Hearts story, if you think about it that way, do you feel like this format could support an original story that's not... Because currently, the the KHVR experience is also leveraging nostalgia. Like, that's a big component of it because it's just a demo. But do you think this setup could support a new story that no one's ever seen before? It could. But the problem is is that... um... VR isn't for everyone, though. That is true. So they have to find a way around that. Like, for let's take Resident Evil Seven. Yep. For example, because you could play the game in VR, and you you could, or if if you can't stand VR because yeah. of motion sickness, then you could play the game without it. Yep. I streamed uh, Resident Evil Seven on Halloween in VR. You know, I got farther than I did ever playing the game in VR. 
Problem is, is that I don't get motion sickness, but I did feel sick after playing the game for two hours yeah. in VR. Yeah. Without a break. Yeah. And I think that's I was, something that I'm really interested to see how Half Life Alex does because that's gonna. They said that game is going to be the same length as Half Life Two, so that's gonna yeah. be like what a 20 hour game. So having somebody experience 20 hours in VR, that's definitely not gonna be for everyone. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I should have like taken you know break after every 30 minutes because like, especially when you have to aim, yeah. your head's moving everywhere. And when things are happening behind you to the left or the right, you're moving your head so fast. Yeah. You know, you're you're creating like Let me you know, let me ask you motion. real quick. So with Half Life or not Half Life, with uh, Resident Evil Seven, how is the how are the movement controls? Is it like a first person shooter where you you're walking with the control stick? I didn't I don't have motion controls, I was using the controller. Okay. So but when you walk are you walking yeah, with you the walk. control stick? Okay, so you can walk in the game. Now, something that I've definitely heard about with VR, apparently that's one of the like quote-unquote VR triggers for mo- motion sickness is when your walking is controlled by a control stick. For some people, they can't handle that. But for other things, uh, uh, so from what I've heard about VR, I've, ne- I've never really experienced it too much, but the VR ex- that I have experienced, I've never gotten sick, but uh, I haven't really experienced all that much of it. But what I have heard is the most, uh, like the least triggering, so to speak, VR experiences are what they call room scale VR experiences or seated experiences where the character is sitting down and then isn't actually like walking around moving in 3d space they're just That's sitting what around seven is it's a seated experience because i played um like actual physically walking yeah. vr experiences with hcc vibe yeah um i have tried those demos at um san diego comic-con yeah. back when it, they were going to about to release yeah. it you had they had these built-in trailers where you the whole entire trailer was like the the length of the room i was yeah, able to yeah do stuff like um, be underwater, walk around underwater, yeah. or uh, paint and draw in the middle of the room. Yeah, you know, it's, I, and Resident yeah. Evil Seven was more of a city experience because you're only limited to what the game has to offer. Yeah, you know, since, I, since I would, Resident Evil Seven is just a confined. Yeah, I would also say game. that you know when it comes to the seated experiences, the the one that doesn't uh, specifically the ones that don't trigger that sickness feeling is when. Not just you are sitting down, but also the character, and that the character is not walking around. Like for example, that's what the Kingdom Hearts VR experience. Yeah, is like. yeah. So there's a there's this game, uh, don't talk or or, or something about like keep talking so we don't explode or whatever. It's like the bomb defusal game. I'm sure you've seen it. It's and then there's like a job simulator where you're like a cat, you're a cashier and you're behind the register and you're like doing stuff, but your, your character isn't walking around. I feel like that and room scale VR, those two are probably the least sickness inducing. I don't know if they, they still can induce it for some people, but from what I've heard, those two styles are the least sickness inducing. So and of course you got games that are on rails. Yeah, exactly. So like um I played the um Last Guardian VR demo. Yeah, it was that on rails. That's on that's okay. on rails. Yeah. I've and, heard I've um, heard those are like pretty good like maybe a step up 
in terms of intensity, but not that bad. I've also heard games that occur in a cockpit where like oh uh, yeah um ace combat yeah ace, ace combat, combat 7 is actually better there's hawken that 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 uh mech fighting game where you're in the mech so the character you control is sitting down and not moving around but the the mech that you're controlling is so as yeah, long as I, I played uh, yeah i played ace combat 7 vr at psx how was that it was actually a lot of fun did you feel it, sick at all no not at all oh that's I, great like you said you were seated and basically, you just have the control in your hand. You're just, you know, the, basically, you're mainly flying, flying the plane. And all you're doing is just looking around to see where your opponent is. Because you always have to keep looking straight because, you know, it's like driving a car. Yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. you got to keep focused straight. Interesting. And um, that's one. That's still one of the games I want to get for VR. Yeah, it sounds I, like a really great thing. And, and uh, from what I understand, they were developing it kind of like with Resident Evil 7. They developed that game from scratch to be supporting VR. Uh, like, Ace I mean, Combat. what if, what if, like, remember what a lot of people stated before when yeah. they first announced Cage VR? Like, what if you have something like Gummy Ship Missions? Yeah, that could be like really a fun. Game. Yeah, that could For be VR. super fun. Now, it wouldn't be like this question is asking like a, a full Kingdom Hearts VR game, like, but it could be a component. Like, what if in the Kingdom Hearts game, like you know when you go to another world one of the things you do is fly in the gummy ship like that could be a really compelling experience uh just talking with you i was thinking about an example of a scene where you could be seated and it would be totally fine and speaking of xanor and it would be uh the chess playing chess yeah with with eric that would be good like or or even technically playing any board game with with ericus well, technically, um, the very first demo for KHVR had the gummy ship, you know, where... Yeah, that's you know, right. How Sordano Goofy were trying to figure out how to get to Olympus. And basically, after he opens up the portal, it's basically just an on-rails experience. You're basically just flying in in the gummy ship, but you have all these, you know, uh, cutscenes flying around around you while the music's playing. That's cool. Yeah, there's definitely opportunities. I think like the big challenge is to find like what is the core gameplay of this cuz all the things that we've been suggesting, they're kind of like kind of like I, like I said before gimmicks. Like these are like little scenes that you could do that are special, but they only really make sense for that one scene. I think the important thing that would that they would need to discover for Kingdom Hearts is what could be like the main gameplay thing that is repeatable? Like for Kingdom Hearts, like r- the regular game, that's battling, you know, running around the world, platforming, battling, doing all that. But that sort of thing is just going to make people barf in 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 VR. Uh, but you know, is there you know a gameplay thing that we could do that could support a full you know twenty thirty hour game? Uh, another option. I, I don't know if you've played this game. Um, well, there's a few games that do this, but there's a. I think it's Astro Astrobot. Uh, the, it's that game that everybody really likes on PlayStation VR. And then there's also on Xbox. There's uh, well, Xbox doesn't have VR, but the PC version is VR. Uh, Super Lucky Super Lucky's Tale. And yes. those games, they're both third person, but you're seeing it from a quote unquote bird's eye view. And like you, you yourself, you are seated, but you are looking down at a tiny 
character that's running around the world. And in that situation, you could absolutely, no questions asked, have the exact Kingdom Hearts experience. Like, well, in terms of like battling, you could do that, no problem. And like somehow it would kind of have to be like maybe, I don't know. I know in Astrobot, like the idea is like the character that you are is that quote unquote uh bird's eye view looking giant like that's who you are and you're controlling like remote control you're remote controlling other characters in that world and then in super lucky's tale i think you are lucky but you're seeing it from far away and uh the 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 camera that you inhabit it moves but it's very slow and very gentle because like if you're a giant you know you don't have to move through the level as fast as lucky does like so you they can move you at certain times they can teleport you if they need to kind of like you know if you remember like old resident evil games like how the camera angle like instantly changes so they can do things like that you know whatever they can do to change the camera simply the only thing I don't like about that for Kingdom Hearts in a VR sense is I really like the idea that the VR experience was tackling with the fact that you were experiencing the cutscenes in first person. I think it would feel kind of weird if you experience the cutscenes in first person, but you don't experience the gameplay in first person because that's kind of like one of the benefits of VR. But I could also see, you, you know what I'd really like is if somehow I, I had... um if there was like a room and may, you know, maybe you're playing like a villain character, so to speak, or maybe you don't know who you're playing and kind of like Diz in kingdom hearts Two, how he had his computer mainframe and he was monitoring the situation of Roxas and what he was doing. It would be really interesting if somehow you were in that cock or not cockpit, but like in that computer area and you were watching these things, happen through the screen and maybe somehow you're controlling a character that's in there you know with a controller or whatever maybe they're a robot or something i don't know or or replica maybe you have a a special replica program where you can fully control them and make them do whatever you want to do but like the actual person that you are is the person in the chair but the the thing you're controlling is the guy on screen so i don't know there's a bunch of different ways that you could do this there are options but um, I guess, yeah, to sum it up, do we want to see it? I think that's a yes from you, Churro, and that's a yes from me. Def, that's a total yes for me. Yeah. It's like I said, Nomura's done everything he can to put the Kingdom Hearts series on different platforms. Yeah. And, this know, is just another VR's platform. No exemption. Exactly. Yep. And this experience is just another demo could, that could lead eventually lead up something in the future where when VR is fully embraced by gamers everywhere. Yeah. And, and I think it is important to note that Half-Life Alex is a thing because, you know, so far we haven't had a big AAA game that put in the amount of effort that uh, Half-Life Alex is into making a game. And, you know, since Valve has their own headset, you know, they're able to do this. And that's kind of what we've been waiting for with this stuff is there needs to be somebody to make the first big leap and prove that VR can be successful because unfortunately when it, when it comes to Square Enix, they are not a platform holder when it comes to VR. So they can't be the first on the field. 
You know, they can't be the first to put their neck out for VR. It has to be somebody like Valve or Sony. Someone of that level needs to go out there and and with a huge game and make a big risk, but then prove that they can make a, a ton of money by selling a big game in VR and prove that people want that. Um, I'm actually surprised personally that Resident Evil 7 had the VR that it had because, you know, you typically you don't see uh, third party uh, publishers do that sort of thing in VR. But I think with Resident Evil 7, it was more that, yeah, they developed it from scratch with VR in mind, but they also had the regular controller experience as well for people. So it's not 100 percent you know, VR exclusive. So it can't go as far as half-life Alex is, you know, just, just watch the half-life Alex trailer and watch any, um, discussion on how this game is different. There is a lot of things that half-life Alex does that would be impossible to do any other way other than VR with motion controls. So, uh, you'll, you'll just have to take my word for it if you haven't seen it already, but just look it up if you want to see, uh, more information about that. So, uh, yeah, sure. If you could take this, uh, last question. This is from Alan Janote, uh, and they write, if you had the ability to forget your time playing Kingdom Hearts so you could re-experience it again, do you think you would still love it? So would I still love Kingdom Hearts if I could somehow, like if I somehow, like, you know, Men in Black style, flash my memory and, you know, try to replay Kingdom Hearts from the very beginning and see, would I still love it at this point? And I think, I think I would, I think I would, but I think my love for it would be very different because as much, as much as I do love Kingdom Hearts and I think I still absolutely would love it part, like it's hard for me. And I think for you as well, Tro, it would be hard to answer this question. It's not so much an answer of would I still love it? It's more like, I don't even know who I would be if my if i right. if i forgot kingdom hearts because of how much kingdom hearts has affected my life like current like just just purely practically speaking i currently live in japan now and part of the reason i'm living in japan now was because i was able to get this job because i used as an example for my work experience i used this podcast and the fact that i have traveled around and interviewed famous japanese game developers and work with translators and i work with an international team like apart from that i had no qualifications that determined that i should get this particular job so just on that level like i probably wouldn't be living in japan at this point so my life would be very different i honestly don't know who i would even be if i didn't have kingdom hearts in my life so it's a hard question for me to answer and i know for you churro too because of how much of your life has had kingdom hearts involved in it and how much of your like friend group like especially for me my friend group a lot of my friend group i have mostly met through the kingdom hearts community so same here like i yeah it's it's hard for us to answer but i i'm gonna try to like somehow rationalize that hypothetically speaking if i was somehow the same person with the same likes and dislikes could I like Kingdom Hearts if I forgot it? And I think, yes. Um, it would be a different kind of like, I think I wouldn't have the strong, like, 
like i don't know like for me my love for kingdom hearts extends also beyond the game itself and also is a part partly about my love for the community my love for the podcast my love for everything that surrounds kingdom hearts as well like my love for kingdom hearts also involves that too I would def I would kind of feel like less attached to it because I wouldn't have that connection as well. But speaking purely on just what the game is and what kind of games I like, yes, I would still like it. I think I probably wouldn't be able to forgive a lot of the uh you know, older game design things because I I wouldn't I wouldn't know about those things. I wouldn't those things probably would frustrate me because I wouldn't know that oh yeah the camera's kind of bad but you know this is one of their first 3d games so that's why the camera's bad like i'm so used to cameras being good why isn't this camera good like you know it's one of those things that if you if you didn't experience it then i don't think you could appreciate it now you know there, there are aspects of kingdom hearts that are like that but then there are also aspects that are universal that are still good to this day namely the story i would still love the story no matter what like if you know hypothetically speaking if i flashed my memory and forgot everything and then watched just the cutscenes i think i would still love that no question i think it's more the gameplay that i'd be uh questioning about but what about you churro what about you how do you feel about this question i mean i mean going off what you're saying how you know if somebody came up to me and told me i had that option to do it i would be like first off i'd be like no way yeah but what what if you did it anyway somehow? Do you think um, you would still love Kingdom Hearts the same way? I I would. Okay. Because Kingdom Hearts fulfills like a special thing that I love. I love crossovers. Like I yeah. used to see a lot of crossover cartoons growing up. Yeah, yeah. And, and but but most importantly being able to be a part of that world, you know, Sora fulfills that like dream of mine to be able to visit these worlds and interact with the yeah you know the cartoons i grew with growing up you know that's why i fell in love with in the first place yeah you know so it's like being able to visit disney worlds interacting with the characters helping them out it's you know be to be able to relive that that storyline again i would fall in love with it all over again yeah there's no doubt about that yeah i definitely think i would love it but yeah in terms of like what about like how you your life is with like the community like imagine what it would be like you know experiencing kingdom hearts without the context of you know the community that's uh, that surrounds it and all that stuff and you know you wouldn't have that. It, it, it's not yeah it's not just a i mean the games are a major part of it but the community also you know was the other side of that coin yeah so i guess you like know? if you forgot your memories of that like you'd also forget that too and you know you wouldn't have and, that and, and, context and put it this way if if you and i weren't doing what we're doing if we if we weren't recording this podcast yeah if we weren't part of the the in the media you know group of kingdom hearts if we were just simple gamers you know playing you know doing what gamers do yeah play just playing kingdom a hearts, game like it's any other game you know and that's that's perfectly fine i would you know i wouldn't hesitate to do it yeah but yeah it, since it, we're in this it's special... not that it would be a it's not a bad thing it's just it would be so different that i don't know if i could yeah, imagine what it, it would it, be it, like it's just the impact of what the game means for the both of us yeah you know, considering we've both been doing this type of thing for a very long time like i said if we weren't 
a part of this media influencer group, Mm -hmm. then, you know, it wouldn't matter. But, like, since we are, it it came with a lot of special memories that went along with it. Yeah. And And I think a lot of people, even if they, even if, especially for our listeners, even if they haven't experienced that sort of thing, I think they can at least relate to the concept of, you know, all the friends that you've made because of Kingdom Hearts or, you know, it's all like going the... through chain of memories. Exactly. It's like going through chain of memories. Exactly. It's like, you know, like you have a choice, you know, at the very end, would you want to, you know, erase all the events that happened and then, and then keep them your original memories or would you want to keep, you know, the memories of this, but lose everything else? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's hard to say, but yeah, in, in terms of just like, you know, the basic question, would you like it? Yes. I would still like it. That's yeah. That yeah, that's easy will, to answer. Still, of course I would still like it. Would it be the same? I think it would probably be different kind of like, you know, like you said with uh Chain of Memories like if, if Sora's life was uh with Naminé as opposed uh, as opposed to be Kyrie, uh, you know, as opposed to having been with Kyrie, yeah, his life would feel different, but I, I I'm not it wouldn't necessarily be a a bad thing. It would just be a different friend as opposed to, you know, having Kyrie as being her his his main best friend but you know in this case I, I think my experience with kingdom hearts would be different like i'm trying to think of like for example like retro games that i'm playing now that i'm playing for the first time and how i feel about those and that's kind of the experience i get like i'll hear people talking about things like you know chrono trigger and maybe final fantasy 6 and all these games that i didn't play when i was young because i was a little kid but when I, you know I go back and play them now, like I can respect them and I can enjoy them, and I really like them. But I definitely feel like my relationship to it is different from how they relate to it, because when they remember it, they also remember all the all the good times that they had at that time. Like they're brought back to the time when they were younger, and you know all those other extra things as well. You know the I mean nostalgia does play a big influence into how you experience things so that's kind of what i'm feeling like i would probably miss out on a little bit if if that was the case but i don't think i like i think i would still appreciate the game i think it's i think it holds up it definitely holds up and it's it's still a great game i think the things that i would probably not have tolerance for is some of the more old game design sort of things that you know haven't aged as well. I think those would, I think those would probably be more noticeable if I did this, if I did that. But yeah, it's 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 interesting to think about, though. You know, it's it's some especially when it's so a part of your life. It's interesting to think about, like, well, what what would it be like? Who would you even be like? Especially for us, like when. Kingdom Hearts has had such a big impact on our uh, futures, or and and still do. Like it's really interesting to see, like, and to think about, like, what would your life be like if you didn't do this? Like, who would your friends be? Where would you be working? Where would you be living? Like, what career would you pursue? I've known lots of people that, especially like artists, that have had decided to pursue art because maybe they were doing Kingdom Hearts fan art. And they got really talented with their fan art and then decided, you know what? I think I will go to art school. I, I, you know, I, I, I've been developing these skills so far and I can definitely see there's potential here that I could take this further. And, you know, that, 
And, and, you know, you look at, uh, like project Estati and all the stuff they've been able to do. Like they, you know, they started with covers and they work in an orchestra and now, and, you know, they actually do, uh, make big albums and, you know, I'm sure for them, it's a lot of the same stuff. Like it, it would be hard for them to imagine what their life would be like without this being a part of it as well. So yeah, yeah. It, it it's like I said. It's it's actually it's actually a very good question. Because, yeah, you know, it's not. I mean, the question seems basic enough, but like when you break it down, it's there's a lot. Yeah, there's to a lot to it. This. Yeah, especially not, like I said. Yeah, it's not as easy as saying, "Yeah, I'm going to do it," or "No, I'm not going to do it." it. It's just a lot of things. Yeah. That, it goes into it because I, I know for a lot of people like they they want to relive things like example with with you know final fantasy 7 a lot of people want to feel like they could go back and replay final fantasy 7 the way it felt to them the first time they ever played it and you know hopefully 7 remake can provide some of that for them but you know they want to go back to that feeling and have that experience again and you know it may not be possible, but you know, it's something that people do desire to a certain extent. And, you know, you talk, you have people like, you know, we talk about star Wars before. There's a lot of people that wish they could forget the twist of star Wars and see that again for the first time because of how much it shocked them when they first saw it and, you know, got getting the twists that uh, were involved in that. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. I'd love to hear from uh, our listeners, you know, if, if, what what do you guys think like how would you feel about kingdom hearts if you had to reset your memories of it and you got to play it again for the first time do you think you would still love it do you think your feelings about it would be different or do you think about that they would be mostly exactly the same i think i would i think for me personally i would still love it but i would feel differently about it because my first experience with it would be me as an adult versus me as a kid so i think i would take different things out of it for the first time and yeah it it's an interesting thing to think about so yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, this episode. Our music for this episode is, speaking of Project Estati, we're going to have Shion from Project Estati Darkness. I thought this would be a great uh, thing to have right before the big Osaka concert that I'm going to be going to. Oh my god, I'm so nervous and excited for issues. it. And of course, you know, Project Estati. Great friends of the show. We love them. Definitely support them. They're the best. You know, yeah, you guys uh, hearing- are, you already know them. Like, yeah, hearing hearing the darkness of the unknown, their cover of it oh, on the Kingdom Hearts VR, so good, was blown away. Out when the, that song came on, I I literally stopped. Yeah, like, like I was in the middle of streaming it too. I was like, this sounds familiar. So after literally like after the stream, I I put on their version. I'm like. It's the same thing. I was like, oh my god, it's so in the awesome. game now. I'm so proud of them. I'm just gonna say like so happy for them. Same. So proud of them. That's another thing I wanna that I wanna be thankful for. I wanna be thankful for them on on their behalf. Because as someone who is, you know, similarly, you know, an artist, someone that has done Kingdom Hearts fan art to you know, it's very rare. It happens, but it's rare when the fan transcends the barrier of just doing fan art and fan works and is able to then transcend and make something that is a part of the actual main product, the main series. We've seen it recently this year with Sonic Mania. Like, 
you know, those people that made, uh, you know, for the longest time, they would just make fan versions of Sonic games. And then Sega finally like seeing that, you know what, your games are better than ours. It's time for you to Knowing make that, a Sonic they had game. A, same with the Sonic movie. Somebody yeah. was doing a lot of Sonic fan art and he was yeah. in charge of doing the re the redesign the of re, Sonic. Yeah, new, he actually did the, yeah. uh, he did the animation at the beginning of Sonic mania. He was that guy. And like, he just knows it so well that you know he was able to transcend that barrier and as someone who is in a similar situation like me seeing that and seeing it happen in the kingdom hearts community it just like filled me up with so much hope and positivity i'm like oh my god one of us one of us did it it, 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 it's it's just like seeing friends go from fans to working with square enix you know i have a few friends that do work with square enix yeah I, I I know at least one of them, and yeah, I'm so proud of her too. So it's really exciting. It, it's it's so great to see it when it happens. So yeah, that's definitely one of the things. So yeah, real big props to Project Destati. So I hope you guys enjoy it at the end of this episode and uh, give them some love. Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union will be the 10th of December. If I'm not mistaken, don't hold me to it, but that might be our last episode of the year. We might take a break after that. But I'll uh, I'll confirm with Lauren and Daryl uh, later to make sure. But that might be our last episode of the year, so we might do uh, an interesting episode there if we don't get any news. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. And of yeah. course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or. Kingdom Hearts Union's uh, Twitter, which is at Cage Union. And remember, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion and send us your questions to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Chero. That's the episode. Uh, I hope. That's actually a really good episode. You know, we had news, Finally. we had a big discussion. Yep. And the questions were actually really, really great. Yeah. It got me thinking about this now. Yep. You made me think. Why did you make me think? (laughs) So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for what this new year holds, man. You know, uh, I think we'll talk about it more in our next episode. But, yeah, we're hitting the end of the decade, which (laughs) that's kind of scary. I'm not looking for it. I'm getting older. Yeah, we're getting older. Oh, speaking of which, I didn't mention it. I turned 29. Uh, it was my birthday last week. Or actually, it was, it was this week. It was this week. I had my birthday this week. Yay. So that means at the start of the decade, you'll be 30 and yeah, I'll be well, 35. Yeah, I'll be. I'll turn 30 next year in November. So this is the, my last year of my 20s. So I'm going to see. Enjoy it because yeah. uh, everything's just going downhill in your 30s. So. <laughs> there you go. That's what they say. Go for it. Hey, yeah. that's 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 my life tip to you. Go for it. I like it. That's a good life tip. So, uh, all right, man. Say your goodbyes. All right, bye, guys. Thanks again for joining us, and see you in the next one. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs>